Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and this is Rabbi Michael Katz here with you on Judaism 101.9. Great to be with you. Great to be in your company this beautiful Wednesday afternoon as we are creeping ever closer to Rosh Hashanah. Believe it or not, just What's it? 18 days to go. It's uh, really, really close. And we've got um, a lot to think about and a lot to do and a lot to make sure that we are ready for this grand and wonderful occasion, Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, brand new year, brand new opportunity, brand new chance for us to focus on everything that is good and right and correct and make sure that we confront or face up to or reach the milestone of the beginning of a brand new year with everything ready and um, appropriate for what we are going to be arriving at and what we are going to want for the coming year. So perhaps let's uh, think about the uh, advent, the approach, the build-up to the brand new year, somewhat like if one were going to be taking a huge trip, a trip overseas. Yes, it's a time now where after the past couple of years of um, difficulties with the pandemic and so on, that now people are traveling a lot more and so on. So what about thinking about it in terms of you're going to take a big trip? Now, you know you're going to take the trip. You know you're going on the journey. But one has to have a careful focus on where you are going to. The destination. What is the destination? What do we want to achieve? What do we want to accomplish? Where do we want to be, not only when Rosh Hashanah arrives, but where do we want to be and what do we want to accomplish in the year that lies ahead? There is a very, very beautiful story that is told about a great chassid by the name of Reb Mendel Futafas. I remember him, as many others do as well, as being this legendary character who passed away uh, not all that long ago, but lived in our lifetime. And uh, this great Reb Mendel Futafas, deep, profound thinker, chassid, follower of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, spent some time uh, for his heinous crimes of spreading Judaism and teaching Torah and so on um, in a Russian gulag where uh, he was sent in Siberia. And uh, there, while he was in Siberia, of course, the um, to add insult to injury, all sorts of uh, derelicts and difficult people, as well as uh, people who were thinkers, um, devout um, anti-government thinkers and so on were all placed together in this gulag and they had a, uh, an amazing time, I guess, of sort of in secret comparing notes and thinking about uh, what each other stood for and so on. But Reb Mendel told a famous story about a uh, circus performer who happened to be with him in the gulag. What he'd done wrong, not mentioned in the story. Why he was there, not quite sure. But uh, there was this circus performer, and there are a couple of stories told about him, but the one that I wanted to share with you is the um, time when Reb Mendel sat down with this circus performer who had just done an act for everybody in tightrope walking. Um, He had shown them what it meant to be an acrobat, and he could do tightrope walking. So I guess they had set up a uh, place where he could walk across a rope, (coughs) 
a cable suspended between two poles, uh, which he did with uh, great accomplishment. And when he reached the other side, of course, to the great, great applause of all those who were around, um, Reb Mendel asked him about how you do that. How do you do it? What do you need to think about? What do you need to focus on? And he said there is um, quite an amazing uh, message that he imparted to Reb Mendel when he answered. He said to him, there is only one thing that one has to know really in order to truly accomplish and become a very good tightrope walker. And that is you have to, number one, you have to know your destination. You have to focus on where you're going. If you keep your eyes transfixed on where you're headed, you're far less likely to fall. As soon as you start looking down, as soon as you start looking around, you automatically, your eyes um, lead your brain astray, so to speak. You lose your balance, and that's the easiest time to fall. He said, you know what else? <coughs> there is also the possibility that you could fall if you have to make a turn. Um, now, sometimes the really good tightrope walkers, and uh, we probably are more used to that in the circus when it came to the clowns, who were possibly the best acrobats of all. But as they were walking and they needed to turn and go back to where they came from, that moment of turn, immediately, he said, your head is put into a space whereby it uh, is, fo is, is loses focus for a moment. And as you make that turn, you um, are possibly also likely to fall. But as long as you keep focused on where you're going to, that is the greatest secret that I can share with you of how you can become a great tightrope walker. Now, if we think about it in terms of where we are going, the most important part, I guess, for us in this month of Elul, in the build-up to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, is to actually really think about and focus on where we're going to. You know, you can't book the overseas trip if you don't have a destination. It won't let you go further than the first page of the booking if you're doing it online. Um, you've got to know exactly where you're going. You've got to know where you're leaving from, but you've also got to know where you're arriving at, where the place of your arrival. You've got to know where you're flying to, where you're traveling to. And without that, your trip is not, not going to start. It's not going to be there. So we've got to have this focus on where we're trying to reach, where we want to be. Now, that focus of where we want to be is divided, I guess, into three different uh, sectors. There is sector number one, where do I want to be come Rosh Hashanah? So what's my focus over the next 18 days? What am I going to focus on in this build-up to Rosh Hashanah? And where do I want to reach when I reach Rosh Hashanah? But Rosh Hashanah itself is not the final destination. Rosh Hashanah itself is um, the beginning of a brand new Lease on life of a brand new year, of a brand new kingship of God for the coming year. We've got all of these ideas and ideals and uh, things that we've got to think about for the coming year. So my destination in point number two is what I want the coming year to look like. Now, I can't design the coming year in terms of um, uh, finances or in terms of um, uh, health and wealth and so on, but we can think about and we can ask God to help us to accomplish that. But what I certainly can do is in terms of myself to make sure that I am where I need to be in terms of accomplishing 
where I'm trying to reach? What do I need to do to get to the space that I want to be in for the coming year, for the year that is going to follow this coming Rosh Hashanah? And thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, where do we want the Jewish people to be? Where do we want the world to be in the coming year? And of course, our focus then is not only that it should be a good and a wonderful year for everybody, that that please God, we should reach the ultimate destination of the coming of Mashiach, and may that happen speedily in our time. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So while we're about to take this trip to Rosh Hashanah and from Rosh Hashanah onwards, we need to also think about not only where we're going and have that clear in our minds, but we also have to think about how we are going to get there. How are we going to get there is uh, a probably more difficult thing than uh, deciding on the destination because we've got to pick the way that we are going to travel. Now, it's not a question here only of deciding which shul you're going to be in and where you're going to be offering up your your prayers and where you're going to be uh, sitting in shul and so on, uh, which is all part, I guess, of uh, planning of a trip. But the most important thing is to actually know that it is going to take a certain amount of effort and energy and commitment on our part in order to be able to get there. We need to make sure that we are match fit, that we are match ready, that we are ready for Rosh Hashanah. Now, not only would a person then perhaps to get ready for the trip start uh, doing some exercises and walking and so on to make sure that you're okay on the airplane and that you're fit to be able to walk around at the place of your destination, but we've got to make sure that we are fit and ready from a spiritual point of view, from a Jewish point of view. And how do we do that? Well, this is the month of Elul in its finery, in everything that it's all about. Because in the month of Elul, we need to make sure that we are working on perfecting our prayers, that our davening is better than it was ever before. In fact, we're adding to our davening in many shuls. Uh, several extra psalms are said on the mornings of the month of Elul and then right up until um, uh, until Yom Kippur. But there is an addition to that coming up already, believe it or not, not this week, but the following week on Saturday night. Slichot, we say penitential prayers. We're adding to our prayers. Now, why are we adding to our prayers? Because we're embroidering upon and working upon that match fitness, that trip readiness in order to be closer to God, <laughs> to God in order to have a better a spiritual position in our relationship with the Almighty. But in addition to all of that, we also make sh- need to make sure that at the point of turn, now turn, as we spoke about in the first segment here, we were speaking about the tightrope walker and focusing on everything, and particularly that time when you turn. When we take a turn in Judaism, turns and even U-turns are actually allowed. They're really good things because that's the U-turn of teshuva, of repentance, where we turn around, where we're in the particularly correct and right direction that we're meant to be going. And of course, at a time like that, we've got to be careful that we don't lose focus, that we're not perhaps even overdoing it, but certainly that we're not underdoing it, that we embroider upon and that we work on our teshuva, that we work on ourselves, that we work on our return, on our repentance, that we work on and we think about all the things that we need to fix in order to be able to be 
travel ready in order to be able to reach our destination, in order to be able to reach that goal come Rosh Hashanah in just a couple of uh, two and a half weeks' time. Now, in addition to all of that, we've got to make sure that our paperwork is done. Uh, you cannot get ready for a trip um, overseas or anywhere else in the world um, without having your passport and without having your uh, visas correct and making sure that you've got the right access at the right times and in the right places. Well, here we have a couple of really, really beautiful and good things about the month of Elul. You've heard the old saying, the old adage that was, uh, in fact, um, said at first by the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneer Zaman of Liadi, where he compared this period of time to the time when the king is in the field. What does it mean that the king is in the field? Well, perhaps to paraphrase it, put it a little bit in more um, uh, kind of colloquial travel terms, visa, visas are waived. There is a visa waiver that happens during this period of time where we do not need to necessarily prove um, every single thing that you've got to do on the visa and then at a great cost and perhaps even standing in queues and not sure if you're going to get the appointment for the visa for the next three to six months. No, yeah, the king is in the field. In other words, the visa waiver program is completely there for everybody. All you have to do is come forward and take the opportunity uh, uh, answer this call, step forward and get involved in getting to that destination and making sure that your place is booked, that you're there, that you're ready to travel, that you're ready to go. But more importantly, there's got to be the passport. And what is our passport? You know, I remember some years ago when I uh, lost my father. My late father was the rabbi of, a, of the Pretoria community for many years. And at the time of his passing, I remember a great uh, member of his community saying to me, I feel as though we have lost our passport. When a rabbi has been around in a community for 38, 40 years as he was, um, the rabbi knows the family. He knows the background. He knows um, the parents, the grandparents. He knows everything that went before and everything that hopefully is going to come afterwards um, in the lineage and the history, um, in the relationships within the family and so on. That knowledge of the passport is so important, particularly in milestones of Judaism when it comes to um, births, when it comes to marriages, when it comes, God forbid, to deaths, that there is this link in the chain and that somebody actually knows that, A, this person was Jewish and uh, if the person was born Jewish, if they weren't born Jewish and so on, who married who and how it all went. It's important that that is all known. Now, we have a Beth Din, we have a, a record-keeping uh, system in place in order for all of those things to be uh, maintained, but sometimes you need people, you need personalities in order to be able to do that, and people who remember, and this expression, we lost our passport. So what is a passport in terms of our advent to Rosh Hashanah and our time going forward, and this trip that we're planning to take over the month of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, and so on, this great and wonderful excursion that we're about to go on. Well, there are many people... I think who have viewed over the years that this is a merely a trip down memory lane, that we're going to have a time to kind of reminisce 
an opportunity to think about what it was like when we went to shul in Daheim or what it was like when we went to shul uh, back in the time when we lived in one of the country communities or what it was like when we went to shul a few years ago and how the chazan used to sing and the choir and so on and all these wonderful things that happened and the rabbi's talks maybe uh, fitted in somewhere there as well. And um, we think then about sitting next to our parents or we think about sitting next to our grandparents and so on and what that all meant to us a little bit of nostalgia. But this is not a trip down memory lane. A trip down memory lane, we do think about for a moment, perhaps, when it comes to Yom Kippur, and we're thinking about um, our parents and so on, those who have passed, we think about them at Yiskor time. But our trip of Rosh Hashanah and into the coming year is not a trip down memory lane. We need that passport. Yes, we need to know where we came from. Yes, we need to know who we are. We need to know when we were born. We need to know what our age is. But um, as the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say, the age of a person is not as it says in the passport. In other words, there are some people who are really old when they are actually young. In other words, they have accumulated tremendous amount of knowledge, but physically they're very young. And it, the same thing can be said of some who are very young, but they're very old. It goes the other way around. Uh, and very old, but very young. It works both ways. We've got to make sure that the passport that we carry is one that reflects where we came from, who we are, and uh, what kind of uh, life we have led and how much we have accumulated and what are the good things that we're taking with us. And then, of course, there's what we're taking with us, what we're going to pack. Now, of course, the tendency is uh, to pack lightly, but um, of course, you've got to take the gifts for this one and the gifts for that one. We've got to make sure we have what to eat for the way, even though every step of the way we're going to make, uh, that's going to be a very important part of uh, this whole excursion of a whole trip in uh, in and of itself is uh, part of it is the eating. And yes, Judaism is designed for that as well. There's the stuff that we eat on the first night, the apple and honey, and there's uh, the sweet foods and so on. There are all the symbols of uh, the uh, the uh, of Rosh Hashanah and so on. And then there's going to be one day when we're not going to eat uh, Yom Kippur. But then, of course, the festivities of Sukkot are certainly going to make up for all of that. We've got all of these things built into this incredible trip. But we need to know who we are and what we are and where we're going to. So what does it mean, what we are? It's not only that um, we are the children of great and wonderful people, which we certainly are, and that we can go all the way back in our lineage and our heritage if we're going in a trip down memory lane all the way back to Avram Avinu, to Abram, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, and we can stand before the Almighty and say, listen, here we are. We're presenting our passport. We come from... Uh, this great and incredible lineage and heritage and uh, just remember that after all of these thousands of years we're still around and we're still here to tell the tale and through thick and thin we've still stood by you God yes there is that element to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and these days as well but perhaps more importantly we need to be delivering the message of what are we going to do with this new year what are we going to do with the coming year how many good things are we going to map out in the coming days are we going to just have a trip down memory lane or are we going to be able to stand on the shoulders of these giants and project forward and see the incredible wonderful beautiful and great things that each and every one of us can do and where do we get 
that passport from? What is intrinsic to that passport? What's the real value of that passport? The value of that passport is that each and every one of us is imbued with, is instilled with the powerful part of God that we call an ashama. You've got a soul, and that soul is so strong and so powerful and so unbreakable and so undamageable and so impregnable. It is absolutely the most powerful thing that you you and I, each and every one of us, is carrying around within us, that part of God, we've got to remember that power that we have and that ability that we have to achieve, to accomplish, to do. We always or often think that, you know, I uh, there's not much more I can do. Not much more I can do is never an answer in Judaism. Of course, there is something you can do. And if it's, it seems to you to not be that effective, well, then think again because we have the power and we have that soul and we have that strength. And we are trained with that ability to be able to do the good things that we need to do. God gives us a whole uh, smorgasbord of mitzvahs, of things that he tells us to keep us within the framework, to keep us, so to speak, at the table, because it's all fascinating and interesting, and there's so much to be able to take on board and so much to be able to do with whatever it is that Hashem has dished out to us and given us, that now what we've got to do is just turn it into action, to do things with it, to better the lives of others with it, to think positively about our country, to think positively about our community, to think positively about our family, about our neighbors, about the people who we um, have often taken for granted and then some who we have ignored or ones that we haven't uh, thought about even looking up or trying to be uh, friends with and so on. All of these things are so important in our state of play, in the passport, in the baggage, in the visas, and in the planning of this beautiful trip that we are about to take come Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the high festivals over the coming few weeks. So this month of Elul is the time to pack. It's the time to get ready. It's the time to make sure that our paperwork is done. It's the time to make sure that we are match fit, to make sure that we're ready for the advent of a brand new year. And to make sure, bottom line, that we know exactly where we're going, that we never lose sight of or focus. We never lose sight of the focus that we are supposed to have on the destination, on achieving, on accomplishing, on reaching the very place that we are meant to be at. And hopefully we'll be able to get there with this great preparation that we make during this period of time. And we look forward to a beautiful, beautiful year come Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. One of the things, I guess, that happens to many people in the preparation for a big trip is the trepidation, the fear um, that perhaps something will go wrong. Um, you know, we kind of have this idea within Judaism that when you're about to do a big mitzvah, when something big is going to be taking place, that uh, the satan, the uh, negative forces in the world kind of gang up against us and they try and trip us up to so something, God forbid, has to go wrong. It can't just be such plain sailing. Well, it's not really so when we think about it when it comes to Elul. Elul is unique in that we are told that Elul also is reminiscent of and reminds us 
directly of the cities of refuge. Now, the cities of refuge were places that were um, three cities existed in Israel proper, three east of the Jordan River, and three that will be built in the time to come. And these cities of refuge were places where people could go in order to gain exoneration for inadvertent crimes that they'd committed, in order to be rehabilitated, in order to be fixed up. It was kind of a process of amnesty. It was an opportunity for people to come forward to pronounce that this was something for which I am guilty. This is a place or a space and a, an idea and a crime and a, a, a wrongdoing, a sin that I've committed. And the opportunity during these city of refuge kind of spaces, which we paraphrase to call Elul, because Elul stands for where we say that um, an accident may have befallen me, it may have fallen into my hands, and God has placed cities of refuge for us. Well, these cities of refuge were placed strategically in order to ensure that the perpetrator of these inadvertent crimes, and most of our wrongdoings have been inadvertent, we didn't sit down and plot to rebel against God, we did things inadvertently, and therefore these inadvertent crimes or sins that we have done, <coughs> we are protected from anything negative happening. There is this iron dome of protection around us. It is called the month of Elul. Come forward, proclaim what you did right, what you did wrong. List them. Don't be afraid. It is during this period of time that we can gain the necessary exoneration. We are protected. We have this amnesty, this ability to step forward and do it during that time. And we're told that the three phases of these cities of refuge tell us that the cities of refuge are available for all. There were some within Israel, perhaps reflective of um, the people who are holy. There are some outside of Israel, perhaps not so holy. And then the ones in the time to come where we think about um, the opportunity for people perhaps who had absolutely no connection whatsoever, that they too will have an opportunity to be able to return. It is all contained in this month of Elul, the protective um, outer coating, the protective outer shield that these cities of refuge or that this month of Elul has for each and every one of us, protecting us, making sure that nothing will go wrong, that everything will be perfect, that with the build-up to the coming Rosh Hashanah to the new year will be a trip that we are only going to look forward to taking. There are not going to be any pitfalls. There are not going to be any stumbling blocks, no speed humps. No um, uh, possibilities anywhere along the way of us feeling that we have failed, that we've tripped up and so on. It's an open opportunity for each and every one of us to make sure that we seize this time, that we use this time, that we use it beautifully and correctly and positively to keep track and to keep on track and to keep ourselves in the right lane, making sure that we're progressing forward in the most beautiful way possible to reach Rosh Hashanah and to be able to take all the messages of the year of Elul and so on forward into a grand and beautiful and wonderful time and a great new year. I'll be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So it's a time to look forward and it's a time to move forward. It's a time to plan and it's a time to think and a time to contemplate. It's a time right now for us to get everything sorted 
all our proverbial ducks in a row to make sure that we're ready for the great trip that we have right ahead of us. One of the things that crops up between now and then is the date of Chai Elul, the date of the 18th of Elul. Now, while it is the yard site of the Maharal, it is also um, obviously the birthdays of two great, great sages, two great people um, who formed and formulated much of what uh, Judaism stands for and has stood for and has to look forward to in uh, this period of time in our lifetimes. And that is, it is the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov and of the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shnir Zaman of Liadi, Chai Elul, date the 18th of Elul. A day of the Chai. Chai, we all know what Chai is. Chai is the number 18. Uh, the day and the, the time of life. Well, as we progress towards that date, which actually occurs next week, Wednesday, uh, the 18th of Elul is a power day on which we too can bring more life into the month of Elul. Life is given into that month of Elul, but there is a build-up to that date and a build-up from that date and onwards. And it's from then on that we have just 12 days left until Rosh Hashanah actually is upon us. It's from then on that we are right into the last um, um, the last uh, 12 days that represent the months of the year that we have passed, although there were actually 13, and the months of the year that are lying ahead of us, they are dictated by and they are blessed by these beautiful days in this month of Elul. So let's make sure that we turn this time into a time of great bracha, of great blessing, that we turn it into a time of great introspection and let's phrase extrospection it's time when we reach out and it's a time when we reach in and it's particularly a time when we learn about or we think about reconnecting and getting ourselves ready for that beautiful it's not a daunting trip as much as it is a beautiful trip it is a wonderful wonderful opportunity for us to forge ahead to turn the corner to keep on looking forward and to making sure that we progress as individuals, that we progress as families, that we prog progress as a community, and ultimately that we progress as a whole world. I want to wish you a great Shabbat up ahead, a great rest of the week. I look forward to being back with you same time, same place, very, very soon on another exciting episode of Judaism 101.9.